Here's another inspiring speech recorded at Communities in Control, Australia's biggest and best annual community sector gathering. We'd like to dedicate a moment here to dedicate David's speech and to acknowledge Australia's 22nd Prime Minister and champion of refugee and asylum seeker rights, the late Malcolm Fraser. Malcolm Fraser is remembered as one of the fiercest advocates of the rights of refugees and asylum seekers in Australia, a Liberal Prime Minister. As Prime Minister between 1975 and 1983, Malcolm Fraser welcomed to Australia 177,000 migrants, many of whom were refugees and asylum seekers. His approach is remembered almost universally as having been proactive, generous, effective and humanitarian in spirit. Following his Prime Ministership, Malcolm Fraser became critical of the policies to refugees and asylum seekers and the political discourse that has developed over recent decades by successive governments, Labor governments and Liberal governments. Although Malcolm is no longer with us, the ideals, passion and work ethic are still here today. Malcolm's daughter, Phoebe Wynne Pope, is also a strong refugee and asylum seeker advocate. She also has a great deal of hands-on experience assisting with aid programs throughout the world. We are lucky enough to have Phoebe here today and I'd like to take this moment to invite her to the stage. Many of the 200,000 who came to Australia during Malcolm Fraser's Prime Ministership may have faced a very different life if it wasn't for his leadership. Although we are sad he cannot be here, we can still thank him for all his hard work and advocacy. I'd now like to hand over to Phoebe, who will say a few words. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you, Dennis, for inviting me to be here today. Um, before I begin, I'd like to acknowledge that we're gathering on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and also pay my respects to any other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today. Um, Dennis has asked me to say a few words and give a vote of thanks to David for the apology that he's given today um, and also to say a few words about, in a way, behalf of my father, Malcolm. Um, first, I'd like to say David for Prime Minister. <laughs> Maybe then we wouldn't have to wait till 2030 for that apology. We could get it a bit sooner. Um, this is a particularly poignant task for me today because if... Um, if my father was alive, he would be, it would be his 89th birthday today. Much missed is his voice and the far-ranging discussions that we would have on international peace and security, the looming demise of human rights, 
the challenges and the need for reconciliation, and of course, so often front of mind, the unimaginable plight of asylum seekers and refugees seeking a better life throughout the world, but particularly those stuck on Manus and Nauru. Malcolm's record on refugees is well known and it's been mentioned a couple of times today and I wasn't going to speak to it at length other than to mention the 170 plus uh, Vietnamese who were resettled after the mistaken Vietnam War and when he left office the Department of Immigration's budget was four times larger than it had been in 1975-76 and Australia had welcomed every year three times as many refugees as it had in the year before. There was even a special humanitarian program that enabled the department to resettle people who fell outside the strict legal definition of a refugee, but who nevertheless were in desperate need of protection. Imagine that. Today, the world is a very different place. Global and national solutions to the largest numbers of displaced people and asylum seekers in history continue to be elusive. The offshoring and securitisation of what is fundamentally a humanitarian issue is growing traction in many parts of the world, sadly. And as a consequence, of some, and as a consequence some of the world's most vulnerable people who are merely seeking that freedom from persecution are caught in a no-man's land of policy frameworks unsuited to the problems they're seeking to address and without a vision for the future. One of the things that underpinned Malcolm's approach to refugee and immigration policy was a clear picture of the strong and increasingly sophisticated, diverse society that Australia had become and would and should continue to become. And I thought today, in the context of the current refugee policy, it would be interesting just to reflect very quickly on his words as he launched the Institute for Multicultural Affairs in 1981. Uh, he said, the key elements of multiculturalism can be simply stated. They're based both on realism and idealism. The starting point is recognition and appreciation of the fact that the Australian population is derived from a wide variety of ethnic and cultural backgrounds and that these backgrounds are important to the way Australians see themselves. The sheer duration and magnitude of immigration in this country, the plain facts of the composition of Australia's population, mean that even if we wished otherwise, ethnic and cultural diversity can be neither ignored nor readily extinguished. We know that the attempt to enforce conformity holds high costs for both the individual and the society. It denies people their identity and self-esteem. It drives a wedge between children and their parents. Ultimately, it poses a real threat of alienation and division. We cannot demand of people that they renounce their heritage that they value and yet expect them to feel welcome as full members of our society. Realism alone dictates that cultural differences must be responded to in a positive way. But multiculturalism is concerned with far more than the passive toleration of diversity. It sees diversity as a quality to be actively embraced, a source of social wealth and dynamism. It encourages groups to be open and to interact so that all Australians may learn and benefit from each other's heritages. Multiculturalism is about diversity, not division. It's about interaction, not isolation. 
It's about cultural and ethnic differences set within a framework of shared fundamental values, which enables them to coexist on a complementary rather than a competitive basis. It involves respect for the law and for our domestic institutions and processes. Insisting on a core area of common values is no threat to multiculturalism, but it's guarantee for it provides the minimal conditions on which the well-being of all is secured. These words of his are still powerful, I think. And as we think about the development of effective refugee policy today, perhaps this is a missing piece of the puzzle. And we need to consider not only the challenges of the world today, but also what kind of a world we want to live in, to have a clear vision for the future in which to frame our policies and to move forwards. David, your apology was extraordinary. Um, it's an incredibly powerful way of reminding us all that there is still so much work to be done. Thank you for all the work that you do and to so many of you in this room um, today whose daily work contributes to building a strong and just society for us all. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this highlight from the Communities in Control Library. If you did, we'd love you to rate or review this podcast in the iTunes Store and for you to share it with your friends. For further information about Communities in Control, visit communitiesincontrol.com.au.